Merry Christmas, church. Today we're going to be reading from Luke 2, 1 through 40. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with it. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on peace on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who had heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to 
who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for this day, Lord, the day that we celebrate your word becoming flesh and dwelling upon us. We just ask your blessing upon this time and your anointing upon Jackie, Lord, that the words that you would give him would uh, be a blessing to us, that they would be the words that you would have us here, Father. I pray that you'd open our hearts and our ears, Lord, to receive those words, and we just lift this time to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas again. What a great opportunity to study what Christmas is all about. As we look to Luke chapter 2, obviously there's many places in the Gospels we can go to talk about the birth of our Lord, but I really like the Gospel of Luke. Luke uh, gets into a lot of detail, and I guess maybe I'm a detail guy. So the idea that I'm going to do 40 verses is maybe a stretch. We'll see. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to make it. As we look at it, I just want you to see in the beginning, Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 1, I want you to see the sovereignty of God. Because the Bible told us in Micah 5, 2, where Messiah would be born. Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. But Joseph and Mary live in Nazareth. So how's God going to get Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Well, all the pieces, guys, on the board, God moves. The Bible tells us that he, he places into the heart of men. Look what it says. In those days a decree went from Caesar Augustus. That's the big cheese. That's as high up the ladder you go. There was nobody higher than Caesar the August one. He took the title Augustus, which is a title for deity. And he said, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to have a... a census and i'm going to have it right now while messiah is coming so joseph and mary will move to bethlehem at just the right time now i'm sure joseph and mary are not thinking this is just the right time right has there been times in our life where god has moved us at a time that didn't seem like a oh, man this is, shouldn't be the way it goes like uh, you know i'm nine months pregnant i don't want to take a 90 mile journey on a donkey you guys ever rode a donkey? Uh, you could not pay me to ride a donkey 90 miles. You could pay me for a lot of things, but you couldn't pay me for that. I rode a donkey in Israel like 8 years ago, 10 years ago, and it was the most painful thing I ever did in my life. A camel? Oh, that's a way better deal. But a donkey? Man, this doesn't seem like the best plan. Have you ever felt like that? It doesn't seem like the best plan. God, what are you doing? What's going on? But I want you to realize that God is sovereign in all these things, and He knows what He's doing. And we don't always see how the pieces fit together. I'm not sure Joseph and Mary understood how the pieces fit together, but God knows how they fit together. We have to learn to trust in His sovereignty. He's King. And we have to allow Him that freedom to be king. It says, In those days a decree went from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This is the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So, so Luke dates it. He, he places it in history. 
He placed it in history. This is, this is not something he's making up. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph went up from Galilee, from the, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now it's interesting, Mary doesn't have to go. She doesn't have to go. The, the census would have only been for the man of the house. He'd go, travel. But it's interesting that, that at this point in, in Mary and Joseph's life, Mary just wants to be with Joseph. And I, I think, if, I don't know if you ever, ever had a chance to watch the movie the, the Nativity, but they do such a good job of showing how much Joseph loved Mary. How much he wanted to take care of her. And, and I, I thought that was neat how they, how they kind of built that part of the relationship up. And I think when Joseph made the decision, you have to read chapter 1 to see it, but when Joseph made the decision, he's staying with Mary, even though she's with child and it's not his. I think she said, where you go, I will go. And she went with him on that 90-mile journey to Bethlehem so that they could be registered. And maybe they didn't understand. Micah 5.2 says that you, O Bethlehem, uh, Ephrathath, who are little to be among the clans of Judah, the smallest of all the tribes, from you shall come forth for me one who will be the ruler of Israel. From you, the smallest. See, God's always using the littlest. He's smallest, the smallest. The ones nobody cares about. That's why Jesus went to the broken. That's why He calls the broken. That's why it's important for us to recognize that we are broken. Because when we're big in our own eyes, we're too big for God. But when we're little, we're in just the right place for God to use us. So he goes to the smallest tribe, the littlest place, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. It says, you are going to be ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is of old from everlasting. Now I want you to understand, Micah 5 two tells us that the child being born in Mary's womb is God Almighty. There's only one eternal being. This is an eternal being being born. It says, from of old, from everlasting. That's from eternity. There's only one who has always been. Right? We always trip out on the question. Uh, somebody had this question. I got, I got a thing on Facebook saying, oh, my kid just asked me where God comes from. Uh, what do I tell them? And so I give this long answer. Got all philosophical. I laid it all out. Uh, this, uh, this argument for the eternality of God. And I asked her the other day. I said, oh, did that help answer the question? And she said, not, not really. No. It's like, man, well, that's the best I got. That you go back in eternity, there is an uncaused caused. That everything had a beginning, everything had a cause, but God, He is eternal. He's the one that starts the whole ball rolling. He is the uncaused cause, the first move, the prime mover. And philosophy, there's this whole uh, um, argument that comes from, from that state of being. What it's saying here is this baby who is born is that person, the uncaused cause, the God of all the universe. And he's coming in Bethlehem. Well, let's look what it says. In, in verse 6, we start to see God's timing. Look at it. And while we're there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. 
we see the perfect timing. God had a plan. Jesus was going to be born. The Messiah, the King of Israel, would be born in Bethlehem. And so they go, and so the time comes for Him to be born. Now this innkeeper has had a rough go for the last 2,000 years. Right? Oh, that lousy innkeeper for whom there was no room for the Messiah. But if we do a little bit of study, what, what's really going on is the innkeeper doesn't have any place for her to give birth. There's no place for her to give birth to the child. And so they go to the manger. They go to the manger where there's room for that to take place. And the beauty of it, guys, is that God of the universe being born as a child at this particular time in all of history is born in a cave stable and laid in a stone manger. Because He's the humble king. Lots of people want to boast about their family lineage or where they were born or what they've gone through. But the God of the universe, He said, I'm going to be born in a cave, laid in a stone manger. I'm going to, I'm going to be the humble king. And isn't that who He came for? Because if you want to find a place in the eyes of God, you come humbly. No? Because He resists the proud, but gives grace, where? To the humble. Grace to the humble. God's timing and the humble beginnings of the God-man. But then we see the good news. The first mention of the euangelion. The, that's the noun form of the Greek word that means good news. The gospel. Well, what do we see? It looks In verse 8 it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Does, does that not melt your noodle a little bit? If you're going to announce that God was just born, where are you going to go? Who are you going to tell? I don't want you guys to lose sight that the, the shepherds were despised by everybody. And I don't want you to think the shepherds got a raw deal. They earned their reputation. They earned it. They were rough, tumble group of guys, quick to, to, to steal. In fact, there's a reason they're shepherds out in the middle of nowhere. You guys ever go to visit somebody who lives off the beaten path, so far away from humankind, you know, they're almost a hermit, way out there, and do you realize there's a reason they're there? Probably because they don't like people, and you might not want to knock on their door. Say, hey, I just popped in for a visit. Well, go away. This is how shepherds were there's a reason for where they were but that's who god went to with the angel to say man i want you guys to hear the good news first didn't go to a king didn't go to a newspaper didn't go to anything anywhere man would have said to go he went to shepherds for the announcement of this good news so the angel said to them fear not you ever wonder why it is every time an angel shows up he has to start that right I always hear people boasting about how tough they are. Well, you won't be tough when you see an angel. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good to go. I'm tough. Yeah, well, everywhere in the Bible somebody saw an angel, the first two words, fear not. There's a reason for that. Because they're feared. They're fearful. They're getting a little panic, right? They're, they're starting to feel this panic, and all of a sudden the angel says, Look, don't be afraid. I bring you, look at that two words, good news. Euangelios. I bring you the gospel. 
That's what he's saying. I bring you good news. He says, of great joy which, which shall be for all. And then you see that little direct article. Uh, the. Will be for all the people. This specifically is talking about the nation of Israel. Specifically. We're going to see where that broadens in a moment. But specifically, the good news is for the children of Israel. Why is it for them? It's their king. Right? Messiah is their king. The King of kings and Lord of lords, who is a light unto the Gentiles. He's for the whole world, but He came specifically for them. He'd come specifically for them. Man, here He is. Here I am. The King, He has come. He's for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You know that the Psalms declare that only Yahweh is Savior. Now the angels are saying the Savior is born. What are they saying? Yahweh is come. John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with or face to face with God. Looking face to face with God. The Word was with God and the Word was God in His very nature and being. And then in verse 14, something like that in John chapter 1, it says the Word became flesh. Yahweh was born. The Savior came. Unto you a child is born. Unto you a Savior has come. In the city of David, who is Christ. Now don't miss this. The angel is telling the shepherds, Messiah is here. Right? That's the Hebrew word. Christ is Greek. The Hebrew word for Christ is Messiah. When every time you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus, the Messiah. The Messiah. So the angel is saying the Messiah has come. Christ the Lord. Messiah, the Sovereign One. The Sovereign One. And this will be a sign. This is how you'll recognize Him. Because there probably wasn't a lot of babies in the cave stable laying in a manger, right? It's not like you're walking through Bethlehem and there's like 20 of them to pick from. Which one? So He says, here's the sign. You'll find the baby swaddled up. Swaddled up. When I was a kid, I used to think there was something special about the cloths. They're swaddling cloths. Well, yeah, they're swaddling cloths, just like that we use a swaddling uh, cloth today, right? When baby's born, we swaddle a baby. We tighten them up. I, I was always feared I was going to squeeze them too tight. So I made sure Kathy did that part. But that's all they're saying is the baby's swaddled up. He's wrapped up nice and snug, right? In that little blanket, he's wrapped up in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, manger... We build all our mangers out of wood. Yeah, you guys, my, I got the same thing. I bought a manger, for crying out loud, in Israel, made out of wood. But that's not the manger he laid in. Because there's not a lot of wood in Israel. You know what there is a lot of in Israel? Stone. You know what they make everything out of in Israel? Stone. What do you think their fence is made out of? Stone. Look how smart you're getting. What do you think their house is made out of? Stone. Yeah, stone, 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 everywhere stone. So they's laying in a stone trough, a feeding trough. That's what the manger was. Laying in that stone trough is this child. So that's how they're told. This is how you're going to see who is Yahweh in the flesh, born to you a Savior. He's right now laying in a manger, swallowed up as a little infant child. You know, everything that we know about God, we know about God because He tells us. Right? We don't know about God because we got some special, you know, 
some, some special line where we're tapped into Him. In order for us to know God, what does God do? He reveals Himself to us. In order for the world to know that the Christ was born, what did God have to do? Tell everybody. Yeah? That still hasn't changed. That still hasn't changed. Only God uses us now for that role, right? Nobody's going to know if we don't tell them. Come and see. Go and tell. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace toward those with whom God is well pleased. It's interesting because we've all heard, you know, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's how we've always heard it, right? And the reason why whenever we have different translations, when we come to a sentence that is translated radically different in different ones, not that it means different things, it's that it's difficult to get the idea across. You guys get what I mean? You guys ever heard a joke from somebody maybe who speaks Spanish and they're trying to tell you the joke but they say it just doesn't translate? So that's what we're dealing with, with this word. The concept is what we want to grasp. Well, let me try and see if I can get this concept to you. This peace that's given to the earth is the child. A son is being given. Here we have peace given. Jesus is being given to the people of or by God's good pleasure. It pleased God to give His Son to the world. That's what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest. Because why? He gave His Son. It made God happy to give you His child. The peace child. The one who will take away the sins of the world, right? The one whom we worship in this place. In Isaiah 9, 6, it kind of carries this idea. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is... What's the word? Given. So, a baby's born, but the son, the eternal one, he's given. That word son, all throughout the Bible, every time we see it, people always struggle with this concept. The word son is monogamous. Monogamous is a Greek word that means the one and only. There's nobody else like Him. There's nothing else even remotely close. That's what only begotten means. Only begotten means the one and only, nobody else like Him. The monogamous, the, the, the Son, is given. He's given. And the government will be upon His shoulder. He's born to be King, right? His name will be called Wonderful. Didn't the kids do a great job with this? His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. That should... El Gabor, El Gabor, Mighty God, only ever used of God. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Father of all time. What does that word, what does that phrase mean? He's eternal. The eternal one, born in the flesh. So let's go back, Luke chapter 2, what do the angels do? So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. You know, the angels just told us, that's the Messiah. That that's Yahweh being born. That's what they're talking about. Man, they're telling, and it says Mary and Joseph are kind of blown away. Why do you think they're blown away? 
they're thinking, I thought we were the only ones who knew that. Right? The angels had told them. Now the angels told shepherds, which is kind of weird. You're hanging around, baby just been born, Joseph's comforting her. Oh, you know, who knows what life holds. And all of a sudden a bunch of shepherds come in? Man, the angels just told us that's Messiah. The Yahweh was born, our Savior has come. Yeah, I'd be a little blown away too, no? It's not like they were pals with the, with the shepherds and they always stopped in. So they come by, they say these things, they, they share this. It says, and all who heard it wondered, were blown away what the shepherds told them. Man, what an incredible Christmas story, no? Incredible, incredible story. But what's the next phrase? Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Yeah, you know, when the angel told her that she was going to give birth to, to a child, and that she was to call his name Jesus, right? That he was going to save his people from their sin, he didn't tell her how that was going to happen. Did he? He didn't tell her of the scourging, the crucifixion, the rejection, the stuff that they were going to go through. She didn't know any of that. So she hears all these things and she ponders them. What is this life going to look like? Uh, because she's thinking, it probably should have been Herod walking through the door. Saying, a king is born. But it's shepherds. What does that mean? What does this mean? How is this all going to look? Verse 20 says, So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So what did they do? They came and saw, and what it did what? Went and told. Come and see, go and tell. Is it any different in the life of a believer today? Come and see who Jesus is. Then do what? Go tell. That's our role. That's our position. That's our responsibility. Especially on Christmas. Especially... We say, man, this, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? It's awesome to give gifts. And that even has a traditional uh, a, a background into the gifts that were given to Jesus Christ. Hey, that's cool. This is awesome. But we want to be ones willing to, to tell what is happening. It says, and at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. Which means, Yahweh saves. That's what his name is. Yahweh saves. They called his name Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Why? Because he's going to do what? Save people from their sin. That's what he came to do. Man, it's awesome. Verse 25, we, we are introduced to the first character they run into uh, after 40 days after he's born. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means he's waiting for the Messiah. Waiting to see this, this hope, this great hope that God has. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Christ. Until he saw the Lord's Messiah. And so he came in the spirit to the temple. He'd come every morning. He'd come to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So I just want you to picture it. It was a trip. 
to be mom and dad for the Messiah. So first, the born shepherds come. Wow, this is weird. Then they go to the temple to dedicate their son. So there's three things they're supposed to do. Dedicate the son, give an offering for him, and pay a redemption price to redeem the firstborn back to their family. The redemption price is never paid. Because God said, nope, he's mine. Yeah? Jesus is going to redeem the world. We're not going to redeem him. So, they go to do this. And as they go to the temple, they're walking in. This happens all the time. Babies come all the time. Maybe they're waiting in a line of babies to have babies dedicated. It's 40 days after his birth. It was 8 days to the the, uh, circumcision and then 32 days of purification. So we got 40 days. We got 40 days. He comes in, and here comes this old guy they've never seen before. It's in Jerusalem. That's not where they live. He comes running up and takes the baby away. How many times that happened to you? New baby, stranger, runs up, takes the baby, and starts praising God for your baby. If it's, if it's weird today, I just want you to know it was weird then, too. You with me? It's a little different. So Simeon comes, big, crazy, wild, wild beard, long-bearded, old, prophet-looking guy. He comes down, he's got this, he, he, he comes before them. Look what it says. It says, so he, he, uh, he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He's looking at this baby, God in the flesh. The Savior of the world. And he says, oh Lord, I can die now. I can die in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation. The one who's going to save us. Mary and Joseph checking it all out. My, My eyes have seen your salvation. That you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light unto the Gentiles. So obviously salvation was not just for Israel, right? He's going to be a light to the Gentiles. What we talked about last night. He came to show us the way. He's the light. We want to follow Him. We want to follow Him. A light unto the Gentiles. And for glory to your people Israel. The beginning of the Messianic age has started. Now, something more weird happens. If that's not weird enough. If people ever said something to you and you wondered, why do people think they should just say to me whatever they're thinking? That doesn't happen to you guys? Where somebody wants to share with you their opinion of how you look? You know, Jackie, I don't know if you know this, but your beard is horrific. Nobody ever says that to you guys? No, truth and love, brother. Truth and love. Speaking of truth and love. Oh, it's okay. I got broad shoulders. But the idea, you guys, I just want you to understand what I'm saying. Where, where somebody just offers something free and unsolicited. Yeah? About what, maybe what they think of you. Well, here's what he says. Listen, I want you to, I want you to see what he says uh, to Mary. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them. So he puts his hand on them and said to Mary, Listen. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. The fall of the proud, the rising of the humble. Hey, look where Jesus is going to go. All the people who are important, they're all going to go down. And all the people who are low, he's going to lift up. 
He's going to do things different than anybody has ever done. And don't miss this part for a sign that is opposed. Yeah, he's going to be rejected. They're not going to they're not going to love. Remember I told you Mary's holding all these things in his heart. What's this all going to look like? So Simeon's laying it all out, guys. He's laying it out for him. Listen to the next phrase, and a sword will pierce your own soul. Mary, this child and the things that happen to this child is going to break your heart. I always love that God, He gives us the information we need to try to prepare ourselves in some way for what is to come. A sword will pierce your own soul so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. She's going to see the best and the worst, right? She's going to see the best and the worst. Why does he only tell that to Mary? Well, I'll tell you. Because Joseph's not going to be there. Joseph doesn't live to see that day, does he? We don't really know what happens to Joseph. We just know sometime shortly after his return from Egypt, there is no more Joseph. He's, he's gone. Probably he died. Or otherwise, there would have been uh, some other kind of comment about him. But no, nope, we, we just know that he's gone. So Simeon says, man, Mary, this is going to be trouble for you. Let, let me tell you guys, don't, don't take that too heavy. Because any one of you who have a child, let me just tell you, that child is going to be trouble for you. Am I lying? How many of you got grown kids? How many of you got grown kids? They trouble for you? All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Your heart ever been broken by your kids? Yep. That's nothing new to parenting, is it? But Mary's road was going to be a little tougher. Yeah? Mary's road was going to be a little tougher. But then we run into Anna. Verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advancing years. Have, that's a nice way to say that, huh? She was advanced in years. It's not nice? I shouldn't use that with Kathy next birthday? Say, babe, you are advanced in years. I might hold on to that one. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years. So she's, from when she was a virgin, she was married. She lived with him seven years, and then he died. And then as a widow, <coughs> until she was 84... She did not leave the temple. She worshipped there by fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak to Him of all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. So now, not only did Simeon see Him, which is a trip, okay, trippy thing. Mary's probably right now thinking, wow, why did He tell me that? That's, that's kind of weird. And then He leaves, and here comes Anna, advanced in age prophetess. And she comes up and looks at the child and praises God for the salvation, the redemption of Israel. Man, He's come. He's come. Messiah is here. She too was waiting for the consolation of Israel. She too was waiting for the redemption of Israel. Why? Because He will save the people from their sins. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew, became strong, was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Just want you to see the Christmas story 
is all about God becoming man to save mankind from their sin. And everybody saw it when Jesus was there. The shepherds, Simeon and Anna, probably not the people we might have used to proclaim the birth of the king, but that's who God used because that's still who God uses. And God still wants to use you and God still wants to use me. The good news is it says not many noble are called. That, it wasn't, that M is important. It doesn't say not any noble. So if we run into the occasional noble person, we can say, hey, you're one of the not many that were called. We run into somebody who's really smart. We can do the same thing, right? Because not many smart are called. You didn't know that? Not many wise? Not many mighty? Thankfully, there's an M. But who are called? The common. The common men. The common people heard him how? Gladly. Gladly. He made a lot of us. Amen? And Christmas Day is all about when he came to walk with us, to shine a light on us, and to show us the way. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray.